Hi, I'm Ty Young, owner and founder of Ty J. Young Wealth Management, and you're listening to the Financial Health Fast Track. We're going to do things a bit differently on this special bonus cut series. We took a look at the world here in 2021. We saw so many investors making the same mistakes and the same mediocre decisions with their finances. And as we come out of the pandemic, we couldn't just sit back. So we asked, what questions are you seeking answers to? And holy cow, did you respond? I thought it was going to be one episode, but hopefully we can get all your questions into three episodes, all three packed with timely tools answering your direct questions designed to help you reach greater success right now. But before we get started, as always, past performance is no guarantee of future results. And for more information, visit Ty J. Young backslash disclosure. All right, rev your engines, get set, strap in. It's time for the fast track to financial health bonus cut. Defining your desired results. All right, I'm here today with Amanda Sabria. Um, you've met her in uh, previous uh, previous episodes, but she is the uh, founder of uh, the Thought Factory, which is a, a high-powered marketing company. Um, we work with her almost exclusively for our marketing here at the firm, and she's quarterbacking um, the uh, the production. Well, I guess Octavia's doing the, the quarterbacking the production, but she's making sure I do this correctly. So, um, Amanda, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoy these conversations because I learn so much every single time we dive deep. So I'm going to jump right in. I am 67 years old. I'm recently retired. My wife and I will get the full Social Security benefit of about $3,200 a month combined. I have a pending pension of $27,000 and a 401k with about $55,000 currently in a cash fund. We are living in a modest house with a $940 a month mortgage which includes taxes and insurance. We have a car payment of $450 a month. We inherited a camp 70 miles north of here near the Allegheny Forest where we vacation in the summer. Most of our credit cards are fully paid. Are we doomed? <laughs> Are we doomed? That was very, that was very detailed. That was fun. So um, Amanda's here because she's going to ask me all the questions, obviously, from this. And we've had a ton of great questions. So thank you. I wonder why you think you're doomed. I wonder why you think you're doomed. So you're, maybe that was sarcasm. Maybe um, they're just kind of kidding around because they know what a great situation that they're in. When, when, when you're effectively in a situation where um, you you have cash flow, I mean, here's here's what it comes down to: happiness in retirement is about cash flow. So, if you have a ton of money coming in and even more going out, you are financially unhappy. Simple as that, because the buckets dry every month. There's more month at the end of the money, right? Um, however. If you have a tiny little bit of money coming in every month and even less going out, you are financially happy. Um, as I look at this one, I don't think you're doomed. And the reason I don't think you're doomed is it looks like to me um, that not only do you have a great place to vacation, but the cash flow numbers seem to work here. So I would not say doomed. I would say there's a whole lot of people would be happy to be in your situation. So I'm actually going to ask a, a piggyback question on that one. We know they're not doomed. 
Is there anything more that they can be doing to put them in a better position? Sure. Um, you, you can always improve. There's, there's always room for improvement in every situation. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. So can they, can they increase the rate of return on their money? Sure, they can. Um, their money is in cash. Cash is in that 401k, their cash may be paying a quarter of a percent per year or a half a percent per year. Um, if they want to maintain the same level of safety, but they want to increase the rate of return, they can. There are investments where they can do that. They can have it safe and a good fixed index annuity, as an example, average about six to eight percent. That's going to be, you know, 10 times what they're making now, at least probably. Uh, that's got to be better. So could they improve the situation? Absolutely, they could. Great question. Awesome. So is there a tax free investment. All right. Let me just say I am not a CPA as, as I answer these, uh, these questions. Um, however, I do know that money in a Roth IRA, if you follow the rules, when you withdraw it is tax free. So the investment um, inside the Roth IRA doesn't have to be a tax-free investment as long as the tax status of the account is the Roth, uh, is the Roth IRA. There are municipal bonds. Um, So if you buy a municipal bond um, issued in the state in which you reside, um, you would not pay um, you would not pay state tax on that and you would not pay federal income tax on that. So the yield would be tax free in that particular. And there's exceptions to all these things, but the yield on that would be would be tax free um, from the uh, municipal bonds. So there are some options to have some tax free money. And I talk about Roth IRAs. You can convert. Be careful with this, folks. Be careful with this advice. Um, you can convert your IRA all or in part to a Roth IRA um, if you want to, depending upon your eligibility with the IRS. And it may make sense to do that on or before the time you have what they call the required minimum distribution. So the required minimum distributions effectively, when you get to age 72, the IRS starts making you take money out of your IRA or 401k or your qualified plans. And the reason they make you take money out is they want to tax you on it. And if you refuse to take the money out, then they penalize you 50% and tax you on the rest. It is punitive. So you've got to do the required minimum distributions. However, if you convert your IRA to Roth IRAs prior to that time, the money's tax-free and you don't have to do the required minimum distribution. However, this is the IRS. It's complicated. Sorry. Um, However, when you convert from IRA to Roth IRA, that's a taxable event. You see the whole circle of taxes there? You got to be very, that's why I said be very, very careful with that. There are times to convert and there are times not to convert and there's times to convert in part. Um, So, There you go. Consult your tax professional on those. That actually leads us to our next question. And again, it might be better to consult your tax professional, but we're going to answer it. I have 70% of my money in a fixed index annuity. That is an IRA. How do I move some to a Roth? All right. Great question. So if you have 70% of your money in FIA, that's an IRA, you can do one of two things. The easiest thing is you can take the 10% free withdrawal. Let's say you have $700,000 in the fixed index annuity. You could take out 10%, which is $70,000, move it to another IRA. So it's now separate from the mother IRA, if you will. And then once that 70,000 is separated from the original IRA, you can then convert it to a Roth IRA. That would be a partial conversion. 
right? And there's, I can, you know, we can give you more complicated examples, but that's the easiest, uh, the easiest option. Awesome. So now let's head over to RMDs. We talk a lot about RMDs. I have to take an RMD this year. How does that work? How does it work? The IRS, um, <laughs> the government has decided what your life expectancy is. Um, and a, a, in, in that life expectancy chart, they factor in that you have a spouse 10 years younger than you, whether you do or you don't. And so they say between you and your spouse at age 72, you're, you can, you're going to live uh, the, the exact numbers about 27 years, something like that. So they take your, how much money you have in the IRA divided by what they say your life expectancy is, which I think is 27 years. So whatever the IRA divided by 27, that's the amount you have to take out. So here's the simplified answer. About 4%, a little less than 4% of your IRA or 401k you have to take out every year. And the reason you have to take it out is purely because the IRS says, well, the, the IRS feels like they're your partner in the IRA. And like any good partner, they want their half, right? So, um, and then when you get to 72, that's the time that they want. They want to start getting that. By the way, they just recently changed the age from 70 and a half to 72. So that was good. Oh, right. So, okay. <laughs> next one. It's, it's about RMDs again. I am 74 years old. I've been getting RMDs for about eight years now. I only have about $50,000 left in a 401k IRA. Can I still save on taxes? You're 75 years, 74 years old. I've been getting RMDs for about eight years now. Okay, so I guess the well, RMDs weren't required for eight years, but they've been getting it for eight years, um, and they only have fifty thousand left in a four hundred one k. Can I still save on taxes? Um, you can diminish how much you're taking out on an annual basis, but but the RMD is the required minimum distribution. So. If that's the minimum, that's the minimum. It depends on your tax bracket. But I would say at this point, it would be very difficult to, if we're just look at that, that, that exclusively in your situation without knowing anything else about your tax situation, it'd be very, very difficult to diminish taxes on RMDs going forward. Although I suspect they wouldn't be a great deal if that's the only income above social security. Okay. We're on our last question. It's about taxes. I have stock which has significantly increased in value, but if I cash it in, I'll have $300,000 in taxes. I think the market has peaked, but I hate to pay so much in taxes. What are your thoughts on whether I should hold or sell? Wow, what a great question. I'm going to give you an economic truth, and the truth hurts. It does, but here it is. Taxes are a secondary consideration to economic decisions. All right, you are making an economic, I feel like I'm talking to you like I'm your dad. I don't mean to do that. So the, but, but taxes are a secondary consideration to economic decisions. So um, what I mean by that is you've decided that the stock market is at a high, it seems by your, by your comments there. You believe that the stock market's going to go down. Um, so I'm just going to tell you a story. Um, and I wish this wasn't a true story, but it is a client from San Diego, California, years and years ago, he came to me. Um, he worked for a company. I won't call the name of the company, but he worked for a company and they gave him stock as he worked. Right. When when it came time for him to retire, he had pretty much all of his in all of his money in that one stock he was what they call highly concentrated in that one stock and he wanted to take the money out um, of the stock he was afraid that it was going to go down he knew the management was 
becoming shaky, the technology that they, that the, the, I mean, this company grew exponentially, right? But he knew the technology didn't, didn't have longevity and the, the, the management may be a little bit shaky. And so it was worth, if memory serves, about $2 million. His cost basis was zero. Um, so he said, Ty, I want, to, I want to sell the stock and I want to put it into one of those fixed index news because I want it safe and I want it growing. I don't want to have to worry about losing money. Now, this was not an IRA. It was just stock that he owned. I said, okay, I, I like the way you think. I think you're making the right decision. However, there's going to be some taxes. He says, how much? I said, I don't know. Um, do you have a CPA? It's, it's, it's going to be a lot. He goes, no, I got to do it. I got to do it. I'll just have to do it. I said, okay. So he goes to his CPA and he figures out that in his particular case on $2 million, he was going to pay tax in the area of about $500,000, $500,000 in taxes. He calls me on the phone. He says, Ty, I'm not doing it. I said, you're not doing what? He said, I'm not selling the stock. And I said, okay, management better? Nope. Management's still terrible. Okay. How about the technology? You got new technology where this thing's going to make a bunch of money? Nope. I said, the management's still terrible and technology still doesn't have longevity, but you're going to keep it. Yes. Why? Well, because it's, it's going to cost me $500,000 in taxes. I'm going, to, I'm going to have to send the IRS and I don't like them. I'm going to have to send them. I don't like one person that works there. I said, have you ever met one? He goes, no, but I just don't. Anyway, I said, <laughs> true story. So um, I said, I said um, so you don't, want to, you don't want to pay the taxes. He says, he says, no. He says, I'm not paying them $500,000. I can't afford to do it. I said, do you believe the stock's going to go up? And he said, no, I think it's going to go down. He said, but I can't bear to, to, to pay them $500,000. I'm not doing it. Well, it's his money. And this is America, and you can do whatever you want, right? And so he decides, Ty, I can't do it. And that was the end of the conversation. Um, within about a year and a half, the value of that stock went to zero. He saved himself $500,000 in taxes. That cost him a million and a half dollars, his retirement security. Um, I, as we were talking, I said, I said, you know, taxes are a secondary consideration to, to, to um, economic decisions. I said, you know, you're going to net a million and a half dollars and a million and a half dollars based on you, you have this other money, this other pensions and so forth. This is life changing money for you. And he wouldn't do it. And he doesn't have a tax problem anymore because the stock is worthless. Um, taxes are a secondary consideration in economic decisions. So, sir, ma'am, that sent in this question about $300,000 in taxes, um, if you believe the market's peaked and you believe that stock market, that stock's going down, then I, I recommend you get out and you get into a safe place. That's what you want to do. So, again, economic decisions um, are more important than tax considerations. So, um, hate to end the podcast on uh, on something that that's that much of a downer, but we can learn from that. Um, you know, he's doing just fine. He had other money, but gosh, dang, that's a lot of money. And, and why? And for what? Just to cheat the IRS out of five hundred thousand? Well, he did it um, right. and himself out of a million and a half. So, anyway, let's learn from that. Great, uh, great content today. Great questions, folks. Thanks for sending those in. Keep sending them, and we'll keep doing the question and answer podcast. Right, Amanda? Yes, we will. We will continue. All right. Thanks so much for being here.
right, we have come to the end of bonus cut, defining your desired results. But do you still have questions? We have a few episodes left. But if you don't feel like waiting, shoot us your question via email at info at tyjyoung.com. Ask me anything. We'll do our best to answer it.